Kudu here. Listen to Safari. Bits and bites from the bush. Wilderness wise with eco training. Good afternoon, Ross Hawkins, eco training instructor. Just to talk about a little bit about spiders today. Probably the fact that you can't see them or don't understand them or see a spider and then oh, it's a scary squash it or so forth. Probably, yes, maybe it's because it's got so many legs. But generally, spiders, quite an important little um, animals in keeping in check, in check rather, uh, insects, the likes of mosquitoes or cockroaches, too many ants, uh, crickets. So they feed on a variety of other insects, so it sort of keeps, uh, keeps us sort of pest free in that way. Some weave these very large extravagant uh, webs, for example the, the golden orbweb spiders in summer, in some areas, they webs are so large they almost have turned the surrounding vegetation into a really golden colour. So in the afternoon light you've just got this literally haze of gold. Um, or maybe at night the large bark spiders which spin these almost sort of metre wide um, large orb webs that she will then sort of break down and then she will just hide away during the day. Or else baboon spiders that I, as, as young, when, when very young, sort of dig a hole and then from there as they get older that hole gets bigger and bigger. To those that might live on uh, beneath bark or free running, moving around, just uh, living between substrate or um, nursery web spiders where it's a hole in the ground that they just spin a large web to act almost like, how could you say, a large fishing net with this tunnel at the end where the animal just sits in and waits for an insect to just become entangled in the, in the web, runs out and grabs it. Or the community nest web spiders where they start out as maybe sort of um, 10 or so and then from there the colony gets bigger then so this it becomes almost if you think of a large clutter collection of leaves all woven together spun together with webbing and then also the carcasses of all their, their food items and then as the colony grows it can be from 30 to maybe to 100 and then it just gets bigger and bigger particularly during the summer months and then it's constructed a very sticky web insect lands and everyone sort of has the name community everyone rushes out to come and grab much like an African wild dog pack on non impala for example and then everyone sort of gets to feed on that particular prey item to to which else to those that live in or on the water surface uh, fishing spiders that will feed on small fish to those that um, in the jumping spiders the small individuals might sort of just, yeah, they don't live in a web per se, but just to literally jump um, to grab their prey or so forth. Spiders, the one unique thing about spiders is they are able to produce silk, where a lot of other insects and arachnids aren't, or arthropods rather, are not able to produce silk like spiders can. So it makes it a very unique group and very easily recognizable if it's in this sort of silk-like substance it certainly must be a spider um, if it's a I mean caterpillars yes produce silk if they're going to pupate but spiders for creating a web or so forth that's very much sort of unique to them then 
is also the, the sort of the concern about being bitten by a spider. What is what do I do? There's only really three groups, uh, be it the sack spiders, the button spiders, and then violin spiders that are going to be really harmful to us. Of which fatalities might occur, yes, in the widow spiders, but that might be more limited towards youngsters um, or small children to or maybe sort of frail adults with maybe a health issue but then I'm no doctor on that side so it's more if right if there's if it's if you've been bitten and you're worried about it is probably just a visit to the doctor to be safe. So then to the species the likes of sack spiders and violin spiders it's a very powerful cytotoxic venom which causes local um, swelling and pain and only can and needs to be treated with antibiotics but also a trip to the doctor to confirm diagnosis and then from there to sort of describe prescribe the necessary treatment but ultimately it's just being aware of where you standing where you're going where you're putting your hand where what might be in your shoes in the morning or so forth but um, it's not that spiders are sort of out to catch us or anything like that identifying spiders can also be a bit of a tricky one because and a little bit to an extent of like trying to identify birds but they I mean there's hundreds thousands of species but they don't all have common names so it's fine just to sort of lump them as either plant living or grass living or ground dwelling free roaming so it's there's no set right what is this one what is that one it's more a matter of what area you're finding, what sort of substrate are you finding them on. Um, that sort of then you can then just lump them from there and then from from that also or how they build their, their webs. For example, a tropical tent web spider where it looks like a, a big circus tent. Uh, funnel web spiders where they have this large sheet and right at the end there's this looks like a funnel um, then there's a nursery web where the eggs are sort of kept together in a, almost within a nursery all the baboon spiders which if you look at the ends of the uh, the pads on the feet which looks like the, the pads of a baboon hence the name big hairy spiders only really come out at night so or else to this the, the sack the sack spiders where they almost make a what looks like a small little uh, woven sack that they then live in, be it in plant or be it behind the curtain. So a very sort of general of that. And then um, a spider bite is going to depend on the species. It'll also depend on the person being bitten. So a, for instance, any bit, say the very medically important ones, for example, a violin spider. If the bitten by that, it'll almost sort of look like a maybe an ins a small nondescript insect bite, a little red welt. And over time, it starts to get a bit sensitive to the point where, okay, this is a bit uncomfortable. Uh, what's happening? Then it gets starts to get swollen, becomes quite red, and now the pain threshold, right, is getting a bit. It's getting quite sensitive to the touch trip to the doctor is to right confirm that and that would then need to be almost sort of lacerated to open it up because the, the venom is designed to destroy tissue so it would start almost sort of eating the surrounding tissues so the it would become quite painful and sort of discolored and so forth so 
it would be it would certainly make things very uncomfortable being bitten by one but initial initially the bite is painless you won't feel it whatsoever it's, and it's only after a few days where as the symptoms start to develop and as the, the venom is starting to work its action that it's when it really starts to get painful so you're not really going to feel it much until later on and then you'll know all about it in that way for more audio safaris visit kuduhear.com